I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello and welcome back to Kinda Cute, and if you're new here, welcome. My name is Bailey Evan, I'm your host on Kinda Cute. We discuss articles from the cut and my general pop culture musings. Sorry guys, you know, I've done this 122 times now. I wanted to just mix it up and see how fast I could do that intro. Don't worry, you don't need to like slow down the speed on your podcast. Uh, welcome back to another episode. We've got a lot to talk about today. You know, I want to talk about some good fluffy news first. Uh, ben Stiller and Christine Taylor have reconciled. And I just think this is so adorable because I always thought they were a cute couple. They initially got together 22 years ago and uh, they got married and then they've been separated for five years and they've, you know, recently reconciled. And I just think it's literally adorable. It's like that sick part of me that wanted Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson to stay together because, you know, they also reconciled after many years of being separated, divorced and got back together and got remarried. So maybe this is inevitably doomed. Maybe there really is such a thing as like twin flames and you can't stay away from the person. And But ultimately, it's like kind of toxic. Speaking of Twin Flames, I'm listening to a fascinating podcast called Twin Flames. And it's really about these scammers because, again, we love a scammer lately who, I mean, they don't classify themselves as scammers, but they 100% are. They're another form of like kind of cult leader. And the things they convince people to do on this search for their twin flame, like, which is basically, if you're not familiar with the term, one step above a soulmate. I don't know. That's just crazy. If you're looking for a new podcast, give that one a try. Um, I watched Turning Red last Sunday with my sister, and I loved it so much. It's Pixar's newest movie, and it is just joyful. I loved it from start to finish. I was smiling from ear to ear. It's only on streaming, so you have to have Disney Plus to watch it, which I think is such a disservice because I think it deserved to be in movie theaters. It's the first fully female um, lead team on a Pixar movie. The director is a woman. She did the short film called Bow, if you remember that one, with like the mom who has a little bow that's like her son. Um, it was kind of cute, kind of like sad at the same time. But... This movie, I don't even know where to start. I'm. This might be like some... I'm not going to really spoil it, but I'm t- going to talk right now about like general themes of the movie. So if you were like very sensitive to spoilers, um, you know, fast forward a little bit. But trust me, this is not... I, I'm going to try to be conscious of that. But what I want to talk about is how there's been so much pushback by certain groups about this movie and just um, not really believing that Disney would publish something like this, which... I think is interesting because (laughs) the themes in this movie are something that all of us go through. So her turning into a panda, the, the main character is named May and her kind of metaphor for puberty is turning into a panda, but she actually does turn into a panda in the movie. And So it has kind of these double entendres, like turning red. Her mom initially thinks that she's just started her period when she's, like, mortified about turning into a panda. Obviously, you know, red period, red pandas. Like, there's a lot of heavy-handed entendres that create this parallel between growing up, going through changes, and May turning into a panda, which is part of kind of, like, the legacy of her family in the movie. Um... And so there's scenes of these girls like actively thirsting over guys. There's this boy band called Four Town, which 
also this movie's set in 2002 to kind of mirror uh, the directors growing up. It's set in Toronto, which was also interesting for Pixar because they tend to not actually exist in real world situations. There's been a couple times where they do, but usually it's not so explicit of like what time period it's taking place in and what place. And because of that, it gives it sort of this like more realistic feel because, you know, there's Tamagotchis. Like if you are a millennial, this is almost completely catered to you. I don't even know if like the younger kids who'd be watching this would pick up a lot of the subtleties of the true people I think this is directed to. And so speaking of the boy group, they are very obviously to me kind of meant to look like a cross of Backstreet Boys, like O-Town, Dream Street, all of that. Like, one of them is named Jesse, gives me strong Jesse McCartney vibes. So you see these girls kind of, like, having this first, like, kind of lust after boys. They get these little, like, kawaii eyes when they're, like, like little anime eyes when they're, you know, lusting after a boy or if they think something's really cute. And May even has this little journal where she, like, draws pictures of this, like, boy she has a crush on from afar and her mom finds and that kind of sets in to play a lot of the you know the rest of the movie but people are just so up in arms about the fact that they're portraying that in film and I'm like come on it's it's very innocent at its core and I think it's so accurate to how teenage girls initially start to like have crushes on boys and It's a much more accurate portrayal to me and my experience than something like Euphoria. Let's let's put it that way. Like it has this innocence to it, and it's just really sad to me that people are trying to put something that's so natural and something that all girls go through, like having their period, and all boys go through as well, like going through puberty and trying to make it into something like evil. And one of the things people are really up in arms about is there's a part where she says, uh my panda my choice which they're obviously drawing a line to my body my choice and the pro uh, choice movement so people are real up in arms about that and i actually that was the one part i was shocked that disney kind of let that fly because at the end of the day disney cares about making money right they never want to make people mad i think it's part of the reason they you know never come out with like explicitly gay characters in their shows they'll kind of hint at it but they don't show you know home uh homoerotic same-sex romance in in their films and I they probably won't anytime soon and I think it has a lot to do with kind of what we talked about with Taylor Swift and why a lot of these stars who are intent on making money don't come out in that way because it will lose them money it will get them censored in certain countries so I I was surprised that they kind of let that slide, but maybe it, it does show a step in the right direction for them to kind of uh, take a risk like this. And I just, I really felt like it was groundbreaking for a Pixar movie, which is why I've now talked about it for like five minutes. So if you haven't seen it yet and you have the chance to, um, give it a watch and like tell me your thoughts on it because I just found it, like I said, so delightful and so different and literally like the best Pixar movie I've seen in a long time. Okay, let's move on to talk about the Sonny Balwani trial. So if you know anything about uh, Elizabeth Holmes, Dropout, Theranos, if you don't, I'll give you like a quick recap that I can. So the Dropout was a really popular podcast and it follows uh, Elizabeth Holmes and her whole story and her kind of rise and fall. And she started this company called Theranos and it was revolutionary because it said it was going to 
be able to detect any sort of problem you were having in your body with just one blood prick instead of having to have like vials of blood taking, which really would be groundbreaking. And as someone who like hates getting their blood taken and last night I went, I had to get like four vials. Like, absolutely not. Um, I would love something like this to exist. And I kind of wonder that now that hers didn't work out, if someone out there is trying to make something that would work on this. Um, but she, you know, what the issue was, was she was really um, overselling what the technology she had could actually do and really screwed over not only investors, but people who thought that this technology actually worked and would go and get the test done. Uh, Walgreens was a huge investor in it. And, you know, they would think either something was seriously wrong with them or it wouldn't detect things that were seriously wrong with them and ultimately would really affect their health and well-being down the line. And so she became sort of this fascination because she would always wear the same outfits, like very Steve Jobs, like she was obsessed with Steve Jobs and everyone sort of in that realm, like the Elon Musk, the Jeff Bezos. She wanted to be a billionaire since she was young. So she recently had her trial. She was found guilty on uh, quite a few counts, but Sunny Balwani was her partner, business partner, and partner in life uh, for a period of time. And she actually tried to kind of uh, paint it during her trial that she was taken advantage of by him. He was much older than her. It was really all of his doing. And I think she even went so far as to say that um, he sexually assaulted her in some ways, harassed her. Um, so his trial is now coming up. He he denies all of that. He says they had a consensual relationship, but it is true that he was much older than her. And the jury selection for his case just happened. So um, Law 360 reports that before the judge swore in a full panel of 12 jurors and six alternates, after a four-day jury selection process, uh, two would-be jurors were dismissed because they had actually watched The Dropout, which is a show on Hulu based on the podcast series, and it's currently on Hulu right now. Uh, and it says that one dismissed potential juror told the court that while she stopped watching the series after being summoned for jury duty, she didn't believe that she could be unbiased in her deliberation for trial. And then the other potential juror said that while he hadn't exactly watched the show himself, he'd accidentally seen enough of it to understand, quote, the gist of what was going on due to his girlfriend watching three episodes of it over the weekend. So in addition to those two people being dismissed, other jurors noticed that they'd seen advertisements for the dropout online with one person calling them a constant presence on Facebook. So obviously this is always a huge deal on cases that have a lot of media coverage, finding a juror, a jury pool and jur jurors that are unbiased. Um, you know, if you think about something that has a ton of attention, like, you know, let's take like the Scott Peterson case, the Scott Peterson potential murder or the murder of Lacey Peterson. You know, people are so aware of it that it's hard to escape media coverage. Like, I feel like in certain cases, you literally have to be living under a rock to not know that it's going on. So it becomes difficult to find people who aren't exposed. And I find this instance so interesting because I think this is the first time where it's actually been a TV show contemporaneously airing while the trial of the, you know, main players in it is taking place. I can't think of another situation where that's happened. Like, in the other situations, usually it's just uh, news coverage. But the times we live in, I think we're almost more likely to be watching something on Hulu 
then we already even be seeing media coverage of something just because of the way we ingest media. So the fact that Hulu has this on literally right after the conclusion of Elizabeth's trial, she as I don't believe she's even been sentenced yet. And then before Sonny's trial has even begun, it just shows that <laughs> the line gets really blurry and it becomes really difficult to find people who are unbiased because like as people said, people who are literally still on the jury and haven't been dismissed, they can't escape it on Facebook. So I just thought that was really interesting that that happened. And I think is maybe sort of a blueprint about how things are going to go in the future. I think we're going to see even more often TV shows that are happening contemporaneously with real world events in the same issue. Like we're kind of actually seeing that with the Anna Delvey case uh, and Inventing Anna coming out. I think it's interesting that Inventing Anna just came out and then we have Anna finally being deported um, by ICE back to Germany. So I don't, you know, it's, we're living in a crazy time, basically. All right, on a lighter note, I can't shut up about Spencer Pratt's TikToks by Mia Mercado. I swear, Mia and I could, like, write the same headlines because you know I cannot shut up about Spencer Pratt. And Mia begins the article by discussing her infatuation with his TikToks, which, obviously, same for me. And if you listen to my recent episodes, you know. But I love this because she actually got to talk with Spencer over the phone. And one of the first things he said is, I love being typed about. Spidey, Spencer, and Heidi are famously, like, famous for wanting to be famous. And they are not shameful about it. When I talked about Heidi eating the raw meat the other week, I made a point to note that. Like, they know that they call the paps for them. Like, there's no shame in it. And so she says, I proceeded to ask him the most hard-hitting questions. Does he still sleep with a Glock and a rose quartz, as he previously told the cut? And he said yes to the rose quartz, but, quote, if I still had a firearm, it would be locked and stored in a safe place. And it says, yes, he did actually have to spend $17 to watch The Hills because he didn't realize he could access it for free with his Paramount Plus subscription. Is this like a subtle Paramount plug? Is Param- is is <laughs> Spencer going to have a Paramount deal that I'm not aware of? Um, he says he spends too much time scrolling through TikTok, which, same, it's... Oh, it really is a addiction, guys. I don't know how to quit it. And I simultaneously want to be TikTok famous. So I feel like I got to like keep up with the trends, which speaking of, I know I usually wait for the end on this, but please, please follow me on TikTok at Bailey Evan. Follow me at Instagram on Bailey Evan and at Kind of Cute Podcast. And I would love if you rated and reviewed the podcast wherever you listen, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts or somewhere else that I'm, I'm not mentioning. It's available everywhere. Uh, you guys know how much I love a review and on Spotify it's so easy you just like click the button there's not even an option to write a written review and I haven't gotten any in a while and you guys you guys just know it's the favorite part of my day when I get a nice one or if you tell a friend about it if you tag me on Instagram I'd love to hear from you anyways okay back to Spencer it says his for you page is mostly Mexican food and fitness videos, specifically a lot of squatting. This must go, go to show my complete lack of fitness because I don't get any fitness videos on TikTok. Like that is that is not and actually not a lot of Mexican food, which I would love to see more of because I love any food based content on TikTok. He says his favorite TikToker is Heidi, um, his wife, and that he does read the comments and he took what she asked him again i love her interviewing style because this is like the mundane shit i want to know she asked did he take one commenter's suggestion and start putting a wooden spoon on his pot while cooking oatmeal so it doesn't bubble over and he said he did but he's trying to pivot from oatmeal and being a pot pie person to more fitness content i've tried the whole wooden spoon over the pot thing to prevent 
you know, water from boiling over. Usually what I have an issue with is when I'm making poached eggs, big poached egg girl over here. And it doesn't do shit. I'm sorry, maybe I don't have the right type of wooden spoon, but I would think a wooden spoon is a wooden spoon, and it does not do shit, and my shit still bubbles over. And I think the moral of the story is I just need to have either a bigger pot or put less water in. Like, I think that's, that is how we cure this. Um, I also love that he mentions being a pot pie person because he's talked about before how he gained, like, 30 pounds because he was just, like, going to Erewhon and getting the pot pies and, like, housing them every day. And as someone who's a also a big pot pie person, this is why I'm just convinced, like, Spencer and I would be homies. Like, we would chill. We would, like, talk about our crystals. We'd play with the hummingbirds. Like, we would have a whole ass time. We'd talk shit about celebrities, talk about tabloids. I just... I have this feeling deep in my soul that, like, one day Spencer and I will, like, have a kiki together. I know it's it's probably not happening anytime soon, but I feel it. I feel it in my soul that one one day it will happen. Um, I, I just, I love pot pie. Like, I need to make a veggie pot pie soon because I miss chicken pot pie. It says, this this is really the hard-hitting journalism, though. It says he might be pivoting away from the Hills recap as well because he says his series may be going on hiatus after Deadline recently announced a podcast where yet-to-be-named former cast members of the Hills will rewatch the show and give their commentary. He doesn't know for sure which cast members will be involved, but neither he nor Heidi have been asked to be a part of the project. Heidi was like, you're doing all the work that they're about to get paid for, he says, and if there's one thing Spencer Pratt is about, it's that money. And, I mean, facts. Like, I don't blame him because I think Spencer has a really fresh and funny take and commentary. And it is not above his co-stars to just totally poach it from him and use it as their own. So, I also wonder if he's being cagey about the fact that he and Heidi haven't been asked. Because I wonder if it's something where, like, they haven't been asked formally, but they are in talks. You know? Because I think most people would want Spencer to do commentary because honestly, like I know um, Whitney Porter and her husband do commentary on the Hills, but like that wasn't even really, that wasn't her show, you know, like she was much more uh, a side character in the Hills in my mind. Like I I think of her as being more like the city. Um, And I just think there's no one who can give the same kind of hot commentary that Spencer can give. For me personally, like, I don't really want it from Brody Jenner. Like, I, again, he is the most beautiful person to look at to ever exist, but I just, I don't need to hear it from him, you know? So then Mia says, while I personally would miss his commentary, maybe pausing his Hill series is what he needs right now. He says, while it felt like healing, it's also traumatic. On TikTok, he's ruminated on whether he should have done the hills at all. If he had a time machine, imagine the content. He says he'd go back and change his stint on the hills. The energy that it does suck out of me to watch the destruction of my identity is such an emotional experience, he adds. And what does he want to say to his fans that will miss the recaps? Figure out a way I can monetize them. So I, I kind of get, because he says he had never watched the hills like all the way through before he was doing these recaps. And... I get how it would be emotionally draining, and I think because he was portrayed as such the villain and because he so masterfully played into that role, and he's just at this point like a professional reality star, I would think it's almost kind of like an out-of-body experience to see how that played out and kind of see like the fake drama that they produced between him and Heidi because I believe that he really has a deep love for Heidi, and I think that's really hard to see you not treating someone you love in a positive way. 
it's kind of like when you think about like I know all the time I say snippy things to my family because it's like you know your family's gonna love you right and like I'm like I'm sure if I listened to it back I would be so appalled with myself so I get that and about the figure out a way to monetize it I also support him on that because again I talk about it on here all the time that like obviously I don't I don't make money from this and I know you listen to it, you're like well it doesn't girl it doesn't sound like you're putting that much effort and you probably don't deserve a dime but like it whenever you're creating content it is a work of sorts and different levels of that some people who create content it is so much work I'd say mine's probably on like the lower level of that but it does take something out of you emotionally and I think when you feel like you're bringing entertainment to someone on the level that he probably feels he does, you want to be compensated for it. And people just assume that like, oh, if you have a certain amount of followers on TikTok, you're making money. No, that's that's not true at all because a lot of, I mean, maybe you guys don't care about this, but just to peel back the curtain a little bit, a lot of popular creators don't even join the creator fund on TikTok. And the creator fund is how you get money from TikTok directly, like um, kind of like how you would... Uh, on YouTube for, for views. But the thing is, even if you have a lot of followers and a lot of views, you don't make much money at all from the creator fund, not like a living amount. And on top of that, people say that if they join the creator fund, a lot of times their views are severely reduced because think about it, TikTok obviously has control over who they're pushing you out to on the algorithm. So it's kind of a catch-22 for creators and really how they had to get their money is from outside brand deals, their own sort of uh, content that they might create create like an ebook or something like that that people buy that becomes kind of like a passive income they're not making money just from having followers on tiktok so i don't know i just think that's worth acknowledging that like he you might think he's getting a lot of money because he has followers but he's not okay moving on to another uh celebrity that i love to talk about pete doesn't have a kim tattoo it's actually much worse by olivia Truffaut wong now, I know you guys might be sick of hearing about Pete and Kim, but the thing is we can't not talk about this because it just really aligns with with the with the thematic nature of this podcast. So, oh, wait, wait before we get into this, did you guys hear how Pete Davidson was supposed to be on the next uh, Jeff Bezos-funded space trip? Um, and, like, I think two people from Florida, just, like, two rich people from Florida, Winter Park. Anyways, uh, apparently now he's not going on that trip, and I don't think he's provided a reason why, but just as a little aside, I found that fascinating, because I'm like, and do we think he stops? Because Kim was like, baby, I'm really scared, like, you might die in space, and, you know, like, North's gotten really attached to you, I just don't think this is the best decision for you right now. I could totally see it being Kim, who was like, mm, think again! <laughs> so... Kim was on the Ellen DeGeneres show, which the Kardashians on are on Ellen all the time. Like, I can't even keep up. And she was talking about her, the Kim tattoo that people spotted on the leaked text messages between Kim, or I'm sorry, between Pete and Kanye, which I haven't even been talking about that. That's like a whole other thing that I just do not feel morally like I want to get into. But... Eagle-eyed people spotted the Kim little tattoo on Pete's chest, and Kim clarified that it's, quote, actually a branding. And, oh, oh, it, like, I'm laughing, but I'm uncomfortable. She says he wanted to do something that was really different. He's in the process of getting rid of his arm tats and his neck tats, so he's like, I don't want to be able to get rid of it or cover it up, and I just wanted it to be there as, like, a scar on me. And she was way too chill when she was talking about this. Like, the amount of nonchalance... Mm, sus. 
Um, yeah, he has a few tattoos, a few cute ones, you know, that he got. Um, but this one is a, it's not, that one, the Kim one isn't a tattoo. It's actually a branding, like a branding. Because, let me explain it, because he wanted to do something that was really different. Because, like, okay, first tattoo he got, I was like, oh, so cute, thank you, oh, my God. So, you know, second, whatever, I'm like, oh, that's so cute, but, like, that's what tattoo people do, right? Like, they get tattoos of what's going on in their life, and... Wait, back so up, was like, back Am up, I, back up. Special? You said first tattoo, so he has three tattoos of you? Uh, it sounds know. like this is, like, That'd the third... <laughs> so the first tattoo was, you said, kind of cute. So... yeah. Is it uh, your name or is it like a little... The branding is my name. Right. The yeah. other ones are like cutesy things. I think my favorite one, it says here, it says my girl is a lawyer. And that one's really cute. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That one's really cute. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so my girl's a lawyer. And then what's the other one? There's a few. All right. All right. I want, all right. But, but when you say branding, so like literally like an iron thing yes. went onto his body yes. to brand Kim. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you, you are a brand <laughs> when you think about it. Do you see what I mean about the nonchalance, though? She was like, yeah, he totally should have my name branded on his body because otherwise it's just like every other million tattoo he has. And we cannot not talk about the fact that he has one, my girl is a lawyer, and that that's Kim's favorite. Also, how many do we think he has? I think he might have like five at least for her. Um, but the my girl is a lawyer, I made it. TikTok and I I said, you know, I as a lawyer, I think I can confidently say that if my man my man, God, I swear I would never refer to someone like that, uh, doesn't have a my girl is a lawyer tattoo, like I don't want it. And to be completely honest with you, I'm only partially joking. <laughs> uh, and this article also alerted me to the fact that Miley Cyrus allegedly only found out that uh Pete got the matching tattoo that he had with Miley removed via the smart water ad where he's like sitting in the chair getting his tattoos removed and she was like hey that's where my uh, matching tattoo with him was and it's not there anymore and if you're wondering what they had it was after they did um she did an snl appearance and they did a skit together and part of the skit was them saying we babies so they both have a tattoo that says we babies hers is on her foot it's really it's like not a cute tattoo it's like it doesn't look very well done i apologize to whoever did it um it's like it's just not very straight like the letters maybe it's supposed to be that way but the the letters are kind of like different sizes um but she still has hers and pete doesn't so make of that what you will this is another celebrity i feel like i've been kind of talking about a lot lately but i think it's just with her pregnancy going on she's been doing so many press appearances she was doing a lot of press because Fenty, her beauty line, is now going to be in Ulta. Of course, we're talking about Queen Rihanna. She can do no wrong in my book. And it's this article is called Be Warned, Rihanna Will Flip a Table for Her Child by Olivia Truffaut Wong. And as we all know, Rihanna has been very vocal about her love of the Real Housewives. Like, she loves Kathy Hilton. She's just always going on about, like, she watch, she's deep in. I think she watches, like, every city. She's deeper in than I am. She says, um, Heather Dubrow is so chic while being a mom. She told Elle.com at the Ulta launch party that I was just referencing. She says, I just love the way that she just allows her kids to be who they are. And that's just really inspiring to me. Which I find shocking because I see heather dubrow as having like such a stick up her hiney like she is the opposite of chill to me and rihanna is like 
peak chill in my mind. So I I really think it's funny that she would like look to Heather Dubrow as an inspiring uh, mom. I actually think Heather Gay from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City seems like a great mom. I love that she's like, I want my kids to go out and party and make mistakes and like sow their wild oats in like a in a healthy way and in a way that they don't feel so like repressed and caught up in this religious world like I love that about her I just think Heather Heather's really becoming one of my favorite housewives I'm sure she's gonna like eventually have her downfall because that's what always happens like housewives go in and out of grace um and get you know their villain edit eventually but I I don't know if, if it was me getting the quote I'd probably I'd probably talk about Heather Gay and then she says um Teresa from Jersey does not play about her kids. Of course, talking about uh, Teresa Giudice, she will flatten you about those kids. And that resonates with me a lot because I feel like that's the type of mom I'm going to be, psycho about it. And then she was asked if she saw herself flipping tables, which Teresa famously did. And Rihanna warned that she'd do worse. You talk about my kids, it's over. Ugh, I just had to share those quotes with you because it's just so, it's so good. It's so Rihanna. I love like an A-list celebrity Bravo crossover. That's never going to get old for me. All right. Our last article of the day is Anna Delvey is still convinced she's not a con artist by Daniel Cohen. I mentioned Anna Delvey earlier in this. Um, and again, she was on Invent- Inventing Anna. The cut, uh, Jessica Pressler did an article about her years ago, which if you haven't read it, I find the article actually like, the most compelling part of the story and if you don't feel like watching the whole series just like read that article um and you'll you'll get a gist of what's going on so she was actually on call her daddy the podcast with um alex cooper recently this past week and when she was asked if she considers herself a con artist she said absolutely not like, I just wish I had that level of delusion. But then someone in the comments was like, no, she's right that she's not a con artist because she's not an actual artist about it. Like, she's so lacks tact with how she does it that she's just, like, a scammer. Like, she's not on the level of a con artist, which I thought was kind of a nuanced take on it. I don't know if I agree with that, but go off. So the interview was actually pre-recorded from an ICE facility in upstate New York. It was pre-recorded on March 7th, so a few weeks ago, Um, but it aired this past week. And she said she, quote, can't tell an exact instance, end quote, where she lied at all. But then she walked it back a few steps and said, quote, I never told any senseless lies unless they were like a bank. I love how like she's like, if it's a financial institution, like it's not a lie like that (laughs) forgery on documents, forgery to banks, like who the fuck cares? And she uh, talks about how no like how people assumed she was wealthy. And she says, nobody asks who are your parents, what they do, how much money they make. Um, and then she was asked if she ever directly introduced herself as a German heiress. And she replied, no one introduces oneself like that. What kind of sentence is that? Don't be ridiculous. But that still begs the question, then then why did everyone think this about you? And full disclosure, I have not listened to this whole uh, Call Her Daddy podcast. So I don't I, I don't find Alex Cooper to be the most compelling interviewer. Um like like no hate to Al- obviously Alex what she's done is incredible she has like an empire but I just I I think she's at her best when she's kind of just like you know talking about dildos with people so she says I was never doing anything so super crazy there's people spending way more money than I did 
And she says she wasn't claiming to have that much money. Quote, people assumed I was trying to impress anybody, but 40, 50, 60 million, that's borderline poor in New York. There's so many rich people there. You can't even impress anybody. And while there is some truth to that, like, girl, like, when you have nothing and you're saying you have 60 mil, like, let's not act like that's pennies, okay? Also, I mean, if I had 60 mil, I'd be sitting pretty. Let, Let me just tell you, I could do some shit with 60 million. She says, I do see what I did wrong, but so many people are doing worse things. Which, again, the level of delusion. It's like, okay, yeah, people might be doing worse things, but, girl, what she did was pretty bad, okay? Uh, This actually was the wildest part. She says uh, that she convinced her fellow inmates at Rikers to do chores for her by pretending to be rich. Quote, if you have money, you don't have to do anything there, she claims. Quote, they think I'm super rich. She claims her so-called assistants track down tables for her to speak with reporters and wash her laundry by hand. And uh, when asked where does she get the money to fund this little operation, she says, well, they don't care about that. So good to know that like, the scamming has not stopped. Like, she just keeps going full force, no holds bar. Like, she's not going to be stopped. I, she's going to go back to Germany or Russia or wherever. I'm not, because I'm not sure... Because originally she's from Russia, so I'm not sure where she is being deported to. Okay, I just looked it up, and it looks like she it was supposed to be being deported to Germany, but she's still fighting her case. So as of now, she's just still being held held in ice. Um, but she would be going to Frankfurt, I believe. But again, it's up in the air. All right, let's get into our legit shit of the week. Okay, this one's dog-themed because I feel like as much as I talk about and love my dogs, even though, as usual, you heard them barking in this episode, I'm sure, uh, I haven't really done any legit shits about dogs. So I wanted to share a really, really cute one. If you're looking for, like, a really cute gift for someone um, or maybe they got a new puppy and you want to just, like, you know, usher in their love of their new puppy, it's called Rebel Dog. So it's R-E-B-E-L-D-A-W-G dot com. And they make the cutest little uh, little tags. So for Christmas, I got one for Ghost and Gurgi, And they're both so cute. They're in, like, kind of coordinating colors. Like, one is black with green accent and one is uh, green with black accents. And it has their name on it. And then it has little charms. Ghosties has a little ghost charm. Um, Gurgi's has a gay alien. And it was so nice, like, when I was customizing it. They don't offer ghost charms year-round. So I was like, well, my dog's ghost. Like, if you have any leftover from Halloween, would you be able to give one? And they gave one, and they gave an extra. And um, it's, like, a pretty small little business. They've, they've grown a lot over the past couple of years, and they're also sold through bigger sites like Chewy. Um, but I recommend just ordering through their site. They always have uh, deals where you can get a certain percentage off. Again, my legit shits are never at. I mean, maybe, hope to God, someday they are. But, like, for now, no. I just think they're really cute. And every time they wear them, it makes me smile. If you want to look at Gurgi's Instagram, there's a picture of him wearing his on there, um, at Gurgi Palm on Instagram. And they, oh, last thing, they always, each holiday, like I mentioned with the ghosts, they come out with new tags that are holiday-themed. Like, right now, they have Peeps ones for Easter. So it's just fun because there's so many cute designs, so many, like, infinite ways you can uh, customize it. So if you have a pet or you have a friend who has a pet, check it out. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, remember to rate and review, and I will see you next week. Bye! And subscribe if you haven't. Okay, bye! (laughs)